It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, March 31st. Your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is really not sure what to make of that game versus Ottawa. Uh, 11 shots on goal in the entire game. It's just craziness. All of this is craziness. It's all madness. Yeah, we are going to get into that game. We are going to talk a little NHL PA, Flyers jerseys, plus preview the two weekend matchups all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That is where we post about Flyers news and our latest episodes. You can also email the show at lockedonflyers at gmail. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or anywhere you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, well, Russ, you know, we, we did go back to the 12 and 6 in this game. So there's that, right? Yeah, we did talk about this being a um, high scoring game and there was that and we talked about it being testy and physical and there was that what we didn't talk about was just the slop that was the flyers offense for most of the game and then they just you know they got some goals late and made it close yeah i i really felt like we had three different games that happened uh during this one where the first period was your basic flyers getting really outplayed but holding the other team off somehow, you know, Ottawa only with one goal in that first period. Second period was like Royal Rumble out there. And then, and then the third game was a little bit more of a skill game and the pace picked up. So they, I just felt like each period had its own distinct feel to it. No, that's a good way of calling it. I mean, it did. Uh, I think Cam Talbot may want a goal or two back, but Hey, the Flyers didn't give up, but you know, the fact that they didn't give up and get a point in this, uh, puts them closer to pushing Detroit out of like that eighth spot for the draft. And, you know, they get like three or four more points and they're going to be in a spot. They may pat themselves on the back for not giving up at the end of the year, but then they're going to, there's going to be half of the fan base and probably some people in, inside saying, what do we do at the end of the season? Now we're that much further away from Connor Bedard and, and maybe a franchise player in this draft. I mean, what do you want more? That's the, you know, there would be, we could probably do a whole episode on that, which is more important. I could tell you right now which it is, but I'll save that. Yeah, it, it's really tough because, you know, these guys, they have a lot of pride and mm -hmm. they want to do the best they can, especially the younger guys who have a lot to prove, mm -hmm. I think, you know, and, and some of the vets who may be with the Flyers or may be looking for contracts elsewhere. So there actually is a lot of individual incentive for these guys. And so I get why they're working so hard. Uh, to get back into it, uh, another reason why this game was upside down. So the Flyers only got 11 shots on goal, right? Yeah. Five of those 11 shots were on the power play. Power play was two for two in this game. Yeah. And yet, you know, it just felt so like we're in the upside down here. 
Yeah, I mean, there were look, there were some good individual efforts. Morgan Frost, like we've been talking about him for over a month uh, for the good play. He's been playing away from the puck and everything else. That was good. Cam York got a nice goal. That was good for him. He needed that. But boy, did he get crunched by Austin Watson. I mean, that's something yeah. where I hope that's not a lingering thing. He came back, so he showed toughness. But, boy, he really – And he, he scored really that goal, so – yeah, the goal was nice. Um, I feel bad for Derek Broussard. That may be his last game. Ugh. Like, we might not see him again, and this is it. Like, he's going to be hanging it up after this year, I hear. So, we'll see. I mean, he's had a nice career if he's if he does decide to hang it up. But just would be tough if he went out like that. So, hopefully, uh, he gets to play another game. Uh, you know, Felix Sandstrom, he was worn out. Like, I mean, let's face it. Yeah. I mean, any goalie that would have faced that barrage was going to be worn out. I mean... I, I saw so many breakaways, right? He he saw too many breakaways. <laughs> you know, Claude Giroux had a nice goal. Tyler Clevin, a rookie, gets his, you know, first assist in his first game. Just so many things happened in this game. And it's just, you know, again, some of it good, some of it bad, some of it head scratching. Uh, the coach isn't even behind the bench. Fine. He's upstairs watching this game. Uh, nothing was normal about this game. No. And, you know, the fact that Ottawa had uh, 20 high danger chances in this game is pretty and only had four goals. I mean, if you consider right, that many had a good game, even though he gave up this amount of goals. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously the play in overtime was not great, but you could see the exhaustion. Mental and... fatigue. That's what I thought that was. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. But uh, you know, I'm not going to really put this game on him. No. Um, you know, especially given how the team played in front of him in terms of you know allowing so many shots. But and I'm yeah. cringing now with 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 Joel Farabee fighting. I mean, knowing you know, uh, what it's doing. so. Yeah, it it just makes me so uncomfortable when he fights. Yeah. Like I, I appreciate the spirit of it, but given yeah. the injury. Like, what are you doing, Joel? Yeah. <laughs> like, and fighting to brink it. Like, what? Oh, who knew to brink it could fight like that? I've covered this guy. I know. Time. Boy, he was spicy. Got some punches in, but then you're like worried about Farabee because you're like, you know, if you take a couple to the neck, that's not good. Like, no, not whatever. at all. That second period was, uh, I, I don't even know. It was a you know, show. obviously. Yeah, and. Obviously, you know, as we've talked about, there's never going to be a game again like that old timey Flyers no, sense game. This, this had the spirit of it. Yeah, it, it really did. Guys you know, uh, were kicked out, you know. Mm -hmm. Delorier fought twice. <laughs> he didn't even get to the bench and he fought twice. Yeah, 74 penalty minutes in total in this one, uh, including the game misconducts that happened and yeah it, it's really interesting because after all of that you know the second period still was not great for the flyers no and, i mean if you think about and it it didn't like they didn't get any pick-me-up from those fights uh it really like they didn't show up until the third period yeah i mean trump had more indictments than the flyers had shots on goal oh <laughs> russ too, is it too soon oh man <laughs> More charges. Oh, God. Oh, good times. Good times. Uh, but I think, you know, as far as the Flyers go, you're right. It's that 
it's a really difficult situation this team is in in terms of getting these additional points. Now it's seven straight games with points for the Flyers. And it's really tough because you want this team to be able to reset and rebuild effectively. And, you know, winning games is good for that, but also not so good for that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I, I'm here for some wins, but I feel like they're just getting too many points. And again, I don't blame them. I, I don't blame them for trying. No, no, no. I don't ever blame anybody for trying. And it's up to the GM coach or whatever to, to devise a strategy. And that's why we say that should have probably happened in January. But, but the basic point on this is this team needs big time players. And it's not like this team's a player or two away. If this team was a player or two away and they were just going to finish the season strong, I'd be like, hey, that's fine. That's great. But they need much more than that. They they really do. I uh, I don't know, man. Well, uh, we will see what happens with the Flyers for the remainder of the season. We've got two games to preview later in the show. But coming up next, we are going to talk about the new NHL PA boss, Marty Walsh. Uh, some potential New Jerseys for the Flyers and Artem Anisimov. The tournament is heating up and there's no better place to get in the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads, to which team will be cutting down the net. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot. And a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, Russ. So uh, a few uh, separate bits of news that we are going to get to in this segment. First off, uh, Marty Walsh, who is the new uh, executive director of the NHL Players Association, who was named uh, a few months ago, I think, but is is taking over now. He was the former Secretary of Labor in the Biden administration and left that role uh, to come to the NHLPA. And, you know, he goes back to Massachusetts politics and is a big union and labor organizer. Yep. So uh, this seems a natural fit to him, had his first conference uh, with the media. What did you take away from it? Yeah, I was on there. I thought that he was um, pretty effective. I think his um, head's in the right place to um, to help the players. I I think the, uh, the fact that he was a mayor of Boston does help him with um, kind of like dealing with sports teams a little bit at least and getting his feet wet with that. I think dealing with unions, he's really um, – effective with and also familiar with i also think that um i I like the fresh set of eyes look and i like um you know we'll go through some of the bullet points but he had some you know some interesting things to say even only being there a couple weeks yeah i think so too um the first thing that jumped out at me is that he really wants that world cup of hockey back and you know, much like we talked about, I think it was last week after the World Baseball Classic, he really loved that. He's a baseball guy, yeah. too, and, you know, wants that environment back. We know it can't happen until, I think, 
two years from now or later, uh, just because of the lead up time it would take. And I think he's also interested in getting the NHL players back in the Olympics if there's a way to do it um, that makes sense. And so I appreciate that aspect of what he had to say. Well, well, actually, just to to get into the World Cup of Hockey one step further, uh, he just doesn't want to talk about it in the ether. He wants it to start being written out and followed. And I thought that was interesting that he said that because it's true. All we've been hearing is just like sound bites and thoughts, and he wants it down on paper. And I don't blame him. Yeah, and as well as as it being a regular thing, right. like on paper for perpetuity and yeah. not just a one-off right. that's negotiated over and over again. And and I think that makes a lot of sense. Or used as a uh, bargaining chip in, in negotiation. Mm-hmm. It really shouldn't be. Yeah. And w- one of the other things that I thought was good, and in terms of the timing of him joining the organization now, is that the CBA doesn't expire until 2026. Right. So this gives him a huge runway a, to get acclimated with the league and really understand what's going on with the players and develop all the relationships that he needs to in order to effectively negotiate uh, that new CBA. And then maybe, you know, take these things like the World Cup of Hockey and incorporate them into that negotiation. Yeah, he's he's a cap neophyte right now, and he admitted that. But he also is listening to his constituency, which is good. He should. Um, that's if all the players are speaking freely like sometimes they don't get a full you know whatever it is 700 whatever players they don't sometimes get that sometimes it's just a sampling you know so uh it's interesting to see you know how many of them are really gonna voice their opinion because some just don't bother they just go play hockey and so that's that's where you kind of wonder how that part will work yeah and james van reemstyke was part of the hiring process Mm -hmm. Uh, as well as he's been part of the initial communications with Marty Walsh. So uh, there is significant Flyers representation for now on on that uh, committee, that central committee of the players. Yeah, yeah, but I do think um, that he'll pass that off. He will. Uh, I, I believe it's Scott Lawton yeah, who's Lawton the alternate. Yeah, is the next one. So... Uh, w- I, and I do, you know, believe in Scott Lawton as a leader, as I have said on this show. Yep, me too. This week. I'm there with you. So, so I think he'll he'll make a good union rep uh, sure. as well. And um, he did mention the, you know, the the ongoing issue of the Pride Nights and and the jerseys, and mm-hmm. you know, he wants to, you know, and rightfully so, I think, be supportive of the individual players in the union because that's part of the job, right? Um, but also recognize that the the league has a lot of work to do to be more right. inclusive, um, which is also very true. Yeah, so, he, he did say he wanted uh, to, well, you know, talk to Batman about that. I, I thought the biggest thing that mm-hmm. he mentioned was at first when asked about the salary cap, he's like, yeah, I, I'm open to everything for that. He paused for a second and said, accept the escrow. We are not willing to change right. escrow. So that all of a sudden kicked in probably because, you know, it had been talked about to him and that's going to be an issue because the problem is, is if the escrow has to get paid back first, well then you're not seeing a rise in the cap. And if you're not seeing a rise in the cap, you're not seeing free agents getting signed. That's the yin and the yang of it. I get that the players kind of want their money, you know, because it's their money. 
but you're also going to be mm-hmm. hindering other players. Like players who are free agents this year could really be screwed. And uh, finally, uh, on a more humorous note, uh, ever the politician and with his Boston background as mayor of Boston, he was asked specifically about the the Frozen Four and rooting for Boston University when he's a BC guy. And he's like, no, I'll root for Boston University, which too many is a, a no-go. But, you know, as... as I know, that's a sin, right? Yeah. As, as mayor, you know, he had to learn to you know, straddle both sides of that fence in hockey. I just thought that was. No, that's a good, that's a good, listen, that's the answer he has to give. I get it. I know. I know. Uh, Switching gears a little bit, uh, sportslogos.net noted that the Flyers could be getting new jerseys uh, next year, a new design that's more of a throwback Mm -hmm. uh, that I thought was really interesting, and I'm I'm intrigued by it. And as we know, uh, in more recent decades, the Flyers orange changed a little bit to be more of a red orange, and this would go back to the original more, you know, solid orange orange on the color wheel uh, that the team had from the beginning and like remove some of the piping and make the stripes look more like they did in the nine like 80s and 90s and uh, like I am here names for on the back that's really all I care about yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like those black ones are just murder on a Saturday they like, are ugh. They're brutal. Yeah, as long as like the contrast and the numbers have the outlines right. on the on the shoulders, so that you can really see it. And we're good. Um, but I do like that orange better. I admit that. Yeah, I, I think so too. It's a much much better orange to go with, and I do like you know the the more plain stripes mm-hmm. with a, just a solid sleeve with the black toward the gloves. I, I'm like that. So hopefully. We'll get that. And and that's, you know, aside from the fanatics thing, this is going to still be in the Adidas era. So I remember, folks, uh, you can't order one with a C on it for next year. Just tell them. <laughs> that is true. Uh, and another bit uh, that we thought was interesting, uh, Daily Faceoff had an article about Artem Anisimov's role mm-hmm. with the Phantoms. And we've talked about him that he, uh, by all uh, information that we have, actively chose to stay with the Phantoms this yeah. year and take on a, a leadership role there without an NHL contract. And that was a surprise to a lot of people. And and like I said, we've been talking about that, you know, since since he took that contract. And there's maybe some rumblings that this could be leading toward him, you know, taking on a player development role when he retires from the game. And I think that. Um, I, I don't hate the idea. I think, you know, I, I, I'm very hesitant of a lot more Flyers alumni doing this. I mean, we do already have a ton of Flyers alumni in the organization in, in player development, and I want some more outside voices. But at the same time, Anisimov, the bulk of his career was not with the Flyers. Right. And I think playing as a veteran at the AHL level, as opposed to the NHL level, I think has taught him more about what player development is in the minor leagues in a way that like Nick Schultz wouldn't have experienced. Right. Yeah. I agree. That the, the kind of, you know, the kind of mentorship he's doing in Lehigh Valley is a different animal. It is. Uh, I, you know, I personally like him. I, I spoke to him a lot earlier in his career when he's with the Rangers and when he would come play here, I would always interview him. 
but it's been a few years now since he, you know, since he's been gone. I haven't really interviewed him in a while, but I've always liked him, liked his personality, liked his work ethic, always his honesty. So yeah, it wouldn't bother me at all. At all. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, looking forward to seeing if he returns to the Phantoms next year as a player or gets a two-way contract. Right. Um, that's one of the off-season questions we will be digging into. Uh, this weekend, the Flyers have two games, and we are going to preview them coming up next. So the Flyers have back-to-back games against the Buffalo Sabres and Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday and Sunday. And uh, this should be an interesting set of games for the Flyers with very different consequences for the games. Obviously, the game against the Sabres is less consequential um, from a standings perspective. The Sabres, as we know, No, they're not out of it, though. Technically, they're not. Well... I don't particularly put them in it, but if they were to win seven in a row, they could get in playoffs. They could. I guess they could, but um, I I think for me, what I'm watching for in this this game is Tage Thompson uh, is at 44 goals with nine games left as of recording. And can he hit the 50 goal mark? I think... I don't think he will because of the injury. When he came back the last time uh, before he had to take the game off from the injury, he looked a little rickety. So I don't know if he's going to get all that scoring touch back in time. So I'm going to vote against it, but I hope he does it. Yeah, I I think so, too. Um, Yeah, it's it's a very small percentage that'll get it. But the thing is, with Tage Thompson, he has the capability and has shown that he can have multi-goal games. Yeah, I mean, he has four or five goals against the Flyers. Yeah, well, if he hits, like, one of them. Right. You know, and gets a hat trick in one game, that just makes puts his chances up. So I'm definitely keeping an eye on him. Yeah. Yeah, for the rest of the season. Um, the other thing I'm keeping an eye on is uh, because the Sabres have the second worst penalty kill in the NHL, um, even worse than the Flyers, which says a lot. Uh, their power play is good. It's seventh, but their PK is tragic. And uh, so I'm hoping that maybe the Flyers can try out some power play uh different setups with with some of the different guys and find some success there yeah i mean i'm all for that i mean that could be a possibility and a way to get goals so yeah let's you know give it a shot put sandheim back on there i don't know about about york though again he's only got one goal on the season and a three percent shooting percentage i think i think i might take him off the power play for a little while since he's you know not doing what we, you know, everybody would hope he would. And, you know, put Sanheim there, you know, get D'Angelo back in there. That's fine. I mean, let's just go with that. Maybe even put Provo back in there if you want. Any of those things are fine by me. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get to see Devin Levi, who's getting no, uh, his first NHL start in net on uh, t- tonight versus the Rangers because right. uh, they've had some injury issues. Although I'm surprised, I you know I would have started him against the Flyers because they don't generate as many shots as the Rangers, but they thought otherwise. They did. Uh, then on Sunday, the Flyers face the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, both teams will be on the back half of a back-to-back that game. Now, the Pens are still in that wild card battle. Yeah. And as of recording, they're in that second 
a wild card spot, but only one point ahead of Florida with a game in hand. They're five ga- uh, five points behind the Isles for that first wild card, but the Isles have two games in hand on them. So that seems unlikely that they would yeah. catch the Islanders. And it's this Florida-Pittsburgh battle for that. Yeah, that's last... the new battle. It, it was Florida and the mm-hmm. Islanders for a while. Now it's Florida and Pittsburgh. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, who knows? we don't know the outcome of the pens game against Nashville who are in their own wild card battle going on in the Western. Yeah, Conference. I kind of think they're, I don't think they're real contenders for that one, but technically they're in it. Nonetheless, a difficult game. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so that could, could have an effect on things. And, you know, the first half of the back-to-back for the flyers, it's the Sabres for the pens, it's the Bruins. And yeah, that's, um, I'm, the Bruins have a decent chance of clinching the president's trophy tonight. So it'll be more of a come down after that for their game against Pittsburgh. Um, there's a small chance they won't clinch, um, but a lot of crazy things have to happen. Yeah. Maybe they'll be hung over. You never know. Yeah. So, but I do think the intensity of a game against the Bruins um, will tire them out a little bit uh, as far as the next day. So a lot going on this weekend for the Flyers. And, you know, it'll be April when we come back on Monday. So not a lot left in the season. So, um, you know, we're going to start kind of wrapping up the season next week in terms of what do we want out of these last few games that the Flyers have and what are we doing heading into the off season? I mean, you're always and, looking for a sweet and merciful death. That's for sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when they're officially eliminated, we'll have a uh, celebration or um, something. Uh, I'm not sure if you call it a celebration. It'll be something. Yes, it will absolutely be something there. But um Yeah. So, and as a programming note for that, I'm attending the game in Pittsburgh. So with all of that and logistics, we will have Monday's show for you in um, early Monday morning, as opposed to at midnight, the night before. And so stay tuned for that. Uh, That'll do it for today's show. We, like I said, we will be back on Monday to recap uh, the weekend's games and start getting into the last couple of weeks of this season. I am Rachel. I am on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Flyers podcast for your first listen. Now make your second listen, Game to Game NHL. It's every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. It's on the Locked On NHL feed anywhere you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend, everyone.